0: listening to First Church Charlotte. Uh, With you, and you'll be able to see those. So let's share those notes. And uh, again, I I apologize for the sound that is made. Every time someone logs in or logs out, I have yet to figure out how exactly to uh, share that. Uh, or stop that but uh, i will turn my mic off my sound down in just a moment and you'll be able to you won't hear that anymore uh, so just if for some reason i there's something happening that i can't hear charlie you'll have to yell at me down the hall so let me say first of all it's so good to see all of you on this wednesday night um, I'm always surprised by how refreshing it is to see other people of faith in whatever whatever context that we actually see one another in. Um, I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but <clears throat> I've been having a tough week and run into one of my brothers and sisters I, at the mall or at Walmart or driving down the road. and uh, I get this lift in my spirit. I get this this sense of I'm not alone. And uh, so this weekly connection, I think, is great for that. And also it shows you how much it serves people because uh, we're spread out all over the metro area. And secondly, um, more than a handful of you guys actually participate in your car or something equivalent. So let's get right into this tonight. My title is uh, this. Initially it was God's customer service, but then I made a change to it and it's going to be this, God's customer service representatives. God's customer service representatives and so i want to start by uh directing your attention to uh passage uh, here in uh let me actually click this to reading view so you'll be bigger on your screens galatians 5 verses 22 23 most of you could quote this but the fruit of the spirit is love joy, joy, peace forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control Uh, this is an intentional teaching example that the apostle gives us and notice that it is the fruit of the spirit gifts of the spirit we think of as a more spiritual type of gifting um, but fruit is not a gift fruit is that which is naturally occurring when the tree the vine the 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 branch is healthy if the tree the vine the whatever the source of the the fruit is the stalk i guess you could say if that is healthy you don't need a special dispensation of god to produce these things if that is right if you are being led and transformed by the spirit It is natural for you to have this fruit. Again, it's not a special gift. It's not for some. This is the naturally occurring byproduct of the spirit of the Lord in our life. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We are unable to sustain any of these evidences without the Spirit of God within us. Um, We can fake it for a while, (laughs) you know what I mean? We can act sweeter than we actually are for a while, Um, but you can't sustain it if you are not being transformed by the power of God, transformed by the power of God. I have this week uh, spent a fair amount of time in in, in reflection, thought, and some prayer. About uh, what what makes us what makes us happy, and should our happiness, in some way, testify of our faith? Now, uh, happiness is not a word used a lot in the Bible. The word that is used much more commonly in the Bible is joy. But when people in our generation and in our style of speaking, when they talk about having a good life or they talk about having anything work out well for themselves, uh, they don't use the word joy, they use the word happiness. Um, we also use words like meaning, and um, I think we all know what people are trying to say when they talk about a meaningful life. Well, this this past week, uh, there's been two ho- uh, high-profile uh, suicides um, on two different spectrums uh, of the age uh, spread. Um, The first was a very, very famous uh, country music singer and she in her 70s um, decided that life was not worth living in spite of her fame, in spite of her talent, in spite of her children, in spite of her grandchildren, um, in spite of so many things. It would seem from all intents and purposes that um, she had won life's lottery. I know that's an imperfect way to say, but I'm I'm just talking how an outsider would look at her. It would seem like she's won everything. She has it all. She has money, wealth, fame, health, family, um, everything, but because of um, her, you can call it uh, mental health, yes, that's definitely a part of it. But for whatever reason, the things that should have made her feel complete could not do so. And at some point she decided life was not worth the pain. Now this is uh, surprising uh, to a lot of people and it broke her family and her fans' hearts. Um, on the other side of the continu- continuum is a 16-year-old girl. I'm intentionally not mentioning either of these names. A 16-year-old girl who was already a star. She was already a beauty queen. She was already wealthy. At 16, she had m- made more money than most of us ever have. Um, she had re- received more attention than most of us ever will, um, she seemed to have won life's lottery. Everything that the majority of people think that if they had, they would be happy, she had it, and and she was 16 years old, and uh, the older lady who was in her 70s, both of them had won by all intents and purposes, this uh, bizarre game we call life. Speaking carnally, just from the perspective of the flesh, they were at the top of the heap. And for both of them, life was not worth living. And so this struck me, um, as it always does, and I, 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 like you, wanna have empathy in my heart for people and their pain. Um, If you cannot respect a person's uh, wounds and a person's uh, suffering, um, they will know it. They might not know it immediately, but they will know it. And they will sense the little hint of contempt that you have for what they call pain. And they will shut the door uh, to to your influence in their life, as would you in their shoes. You cannot help people if you even have the tiniest bit of smidgen the tiniest smidgen, I should say, of contempt toward them. Contempt destroys human relationships. Whether it is contempt in a marriage relationship, contempt in a parent-child relationship, contempt in a church relationship, brother-sister relationship, contempt destroys human relationships. And so when I read about... You know, people in pain. I, I'm, I'm always careful to, to to pause and not just be dismissive of them, uh, but to include, if I can, space in my heart uh, for what they suffered and they went through. And I, I was praying about I was praying about this thing and how how do we as believers how do we pursue happiness in a different way than unbelievers? Now this matters this matters, I'm gonna try to show you uh, some of the ways that this matters, but um, you, you should not rush past that question because the testimony that you offer to your friends, your family, your children, your parents, your spouse, the testimony you offer, what makes you happy and how you seek happiness is more impactful than any lecture you can ever give than any woulda, coulda, shoulda you can ever get. How you seek happiness is more formative than anything else to the people you want to represent the love of God. Toward the difference between joy and happiness, and I, I want to, I want to make this clear. It's a substantial difference. Um, uh, we often feel happiness as a passing, fleeting feeling. It's almost like giddy laughter, contentment in the comforts of life. Um, it, that's what it is, and. From a believer's perspective, um, we can sometimes err to think that if we're not always in this upbeat state of living on the Christian mountaintop, um, then in some way we are missing it. But I I wanna show you the difference between uh, happiness and joy. Uh, Joy supernaturally sustains our souls in seasons of heartache. There's no happiness in heartache but joy can sustain you. Joy can sustain you in seasons of injustice and sorrow. Uh, In fact, I would say for a person of faith, enduring the valleys of life is impossible without the experience of God's joy in your life. But we can get out of the habit of celebrating the joy of the Holy Ghost. We can get out of the habit of organizing our souls to where our troubles have a bigger impact on us than the promises of God. These things must not happen. This is the biggest difference. When I try to explain the difference in joy and happiness, I say this, happiness must be sustained, but joy sustains you. Happiness must be sustained. You have to work to stay happy, new car, new house, new (laughs) spouse, (laughs) new boyfriend, girlfriend, new career, new. You have to sustain happiness because it's all it's it has no foundations, but joy sustains you when your faith is at a higher level of value in your life than your troubles. Let me say that again because I think all of us should apply this to our life. If my faith is not held at a higher place of value than my troubles, my joy will be invisible to the people in my life. And this is the work of Choosing This is the confession of my soul. This is to speak faith. This is to say and remind myself, though my body age away, God has promised me eternal life. I have to hold it at a higher level than my troubles. Look at, uh, remember Job, he's sick. He says, though the skin worms destroy my body, Yet in my flesh, I will see God. Imagine him in his agony and in his pain. And he's saying, I'm I'm down on the bottom. But here comes him. He, he's holding promise at a higher level of value in his heart than his circumstances. I don't, I want to say this first to myself, and then maybe I'll ricochet it and I'll hit you guys. If I'm not careful, it won't matter how long I've served God. It won't matter how many things I have, you know what I mean, accomplished or failed to accomplish. If I do not choose to hold my faith at a higher value than my trouble, the people I'm trying to witness to the people I'm trying to show hope to will not see it in me because whether they know it in the short term or not, they look at me and they see the same questing, wishing, reaching, striving, trying to be happy, trying to be happy. The person who is trying to be happy has a poor testimony. The person who has faith, held at a high enough value, is able to transcend the stuff that makes other people unhappy and produce this strange type of confidence in God and deep value valuing of the promises of God, and they begin to manifest joy in their lives. So remember, happiness you have to sustain, but joy will sustain you. So uh, the most miserable Christians I have ever seen, Are those people who try to live with one foot in both worlds? Why are they miserable? Because although they are sinners, they can't enjoy the sin because of the fear. And although they go to church, their conscience condemns them, so they never experience the transcendental experience of knowing their heart is right with God. So they have to turn into this game of either bribing God, manipulating God, tricking God, or reassuring themselves and then they use church to always reassure themselves because their conscience at some level is denying them peace. I, I When I was growing up, uh, I used to hear preachers preacher say, well, <laughs> um, some version of this, you know, riding a fence will give you a sore behind. Now, I, I know that you're not supposed to say that kind of stuff, but y'all talk bad about me later. When you hedge your bets and you try to live with a foot in both worlds, you don't you don't enjoy sin because of fear and you don't enjoy peace with god because of condemnation and conviction they call upon the name of the lord these kind of people with a foot in both worlds, but they still try to find their security, their satisfaction, their pleasure, and their fulfillment from this world. They're riding the fence and they're not happy. This is not uh, the manner in which um, we uh, have a witness to our Uh, loved ones, to our friends, Um, we have to manifest something that is founded in the promise of God, or they're going to assume that we're just like them, just trying to be happy. When the Lord has called us to live in such a way, when we have nothing of this world that they think gives happiness, we still have a confidence in God, in a strange security in God's promise and a resting hope in God's assurance. We're not even afraid of the one who can destroy the body because the body was always fading away. (laughs) We're afraid of the one who has control and life and death over the spirit. We have this strange, almost supernatural testimony of something better than happiness, and that is joy. How do we get to joy? We hold our faith at a higher value than we regard any trouble in our life. So, all right, having given you a lot of good stuff there, uh, maybe I was just telling myself and hit you by ricoch- ricochet, I wanna read you a story. This is First Kings chapter number 10. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, I love that, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue with camels bearing spices and very much gold. That's what we all want, right? Very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, The house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath in her. She was faint with sheer amazement at the excellence of Solomon and the kingdom that God had enabled him, empowered him to build and lead. Verse number six. And she said to the king, the report was true that I heard in my own land. Of your words and of your wisdom, but I want you guys to all notice verse number seven. If you have your Bible open, you need to un, you, you need to you need to make a, 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 a mark here, verses seven and eight. I did not believe the reports until I came and with my and my own eyes has seen it. And behold, the half was not told to me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpassed the report that I heard. Happy are your men. Stop. Notice what she is, what she had heard, she had heard, she had heard, she had heard. But there's an evidence that breaks through her cynicism. There's an evidence that had that broke through and cracked the facade of her cynicism. Happy are your men and happy are your servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. She could bring her cynicism along for the ride. Everybody in your life who's not where they need to be in God sees everything you do relative to faith, relative to church, with a little bit of cynicism. And the reason why they haven't accepted The reason why they're not impressed is the cynicism they have for religious people and churches and preachers. Yes, let's include myself in there. The cynicism keeps them, uh, as it were, they hold us at arm's distance because of the cynicism that they brought with them. It's not even so much that they are in bad faith. It's not that it's not that they automatically want to see you suffer because they think you're a liar it's more subtle than that it's just they have heard so much of this and so much of that and so much of the other they have heard and heard and heard and here you come and what are you saying the lord will change your life our church is a great community of people nobody's perfect that's why you ought to come (laughs) they've heard and they've heard they've been invited they've been told But what gets through the cynicism? What cuts through the queen of Sheba's cynicism? These folks are happy. Happy are your men. Happy are your servants. So uh, blessed, verse number nine, she continues, blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever, he has made you king, that you may execute justice and righteousness. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the queen of Sheba gave to the king, gave to King Solomon. She came. She was interested. She wanted to see. And she could not help but bring her cynicism with her because she had been around the merry-go-round before. This was not her first rodeo. This was not her first traveling show. And she came, she had a good heart. She came in good faith, but nothing convinced her like seeing the happiness the happiness of the court, the men, the servants of King Solomon. So using her as um, an example, let's kind of review review, uh, what we talked about earlier. And then we're going to use her as an example. The difference between joy and happiness as we... As you know, uh, as we talked about earlier, um, happiness can be passing, it can be giddy, it can be fun, uh, but joy supernaturally sustains our souls in seasons of heartache, injustice, and sorrow. And if we have joy, we're able to hold that. That means we're holding the promise of God at a higher value in our spirit than all the troubles that we are facing. And so, as I said earlier, happiness must be sustained. Joy sustains you. Now let's learn from the queen of Sheba. What do we know? Number one, She heard of Solomon's connection with the name of the Lord. Remember the first verse we read? The very first one. She heard of Solomon's connection with the name of the Lord. Every one of you, your friends, your family, your loved ones, you're trying to influence. You're trying to make a difference in their life. I'm trying to make a difference in their life. They know that we're trying to be Christian people. They have heard of our connection with the name of the Lord. But it is normal for them to do what the Queen of Sheba did. She c- came and tested Solomon. She put him to the test. How? With hard questions. So I want to correct something that I think too many insecure Christians fall into immediately. They think the person who has not hard question is automatically an in- enemy. This is not the case. This is why we do not receive hard questions with the tone of conflict. This is why we don't make enemies out of people who disagree with us. Because when the people in our life who have heard we're connected with the name of Jesus, they've heard, they want to find out more, it is normal for them to ask hard questions. And if we are so petty and we are so weak that we have to write ichabod over their door and you understand what i'm saying we have to reject just if we have to do that um then we have treated them like an enemy imagine solomon meeting the queen of sheba at the border with his army saying i noticed that you have lots of people with you we're not going to let you come in unless you lay down your arm, you get the idea. That's how sometimes we meet people. Let me say it this way, hard questions are not weird. (laughs) Hard questions are not wrong. Hard questions are the key to breaking through the cynicism that the person asking questions doesn't even know they have i'm not saying you should just suffer endless abuse Uh, all things have ditches on both sides of the road Um, you don't have to just suffer abuse endlessly Um, if they're mocking and that becomes obvious you can you know kind of back out in in a a kind manner Um, but you cannot be afraid of hard questions the queen of sheba heard Solomon in in connection with the name of God. She came to ask hard questions. Here's number three. She brought a lot of baggage with her that she thought was impressive. Do you guys see what is happening here? Do you see the testimony for modern Christian evangelism? She brought a lot of baggage that she thought was impressive. She thought she needed all that stuff. Sounds like our unbelieving friends, right? If they had this, then they'd be happy. If they had that, then they would be happy. If they could get this job, that girlfriend, then they would be happy. Give me enough luggage and I'll be happy. Give me enough stuff and I'll be happy. I promise you, life doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. And all of us need to see through the deception of thinking and believing that way. Oftentimes the younger we are, the more deceived we are by possessions because we don't understand the fragility of life and we don't understand the shortness of life. And so things matter. It has been my experience that as I have aged, And I've heard many, many people say the same. And I realize how fragile life is and I realize how short life is. Um, Possessions lose their sway. Uh, If you'll allow me to say it that way. Um, They lose their power over you. I'm not saying you don't like nice things, but I'm just saying if you think that is the source of happiness in your life, you are setting yourself up for uh, emotional, psychological implosion. A crisis at some point in your life. Number four, she didn't believe the reputation until she saw with her own eyes. She came closer. That's what she did. She had heard. She was willing to ask questions. She brought all the stuff to show. She was somebody too. This is all impressive by her way of thinking. She comes and she meets Solomon, but she doesn't believe until she sees with her own eyes. And here is the clincher number five the happiness of his servants clenched the deal and it took it took her breath it really smote her in her spirit and she realized this is not just marketing this is not just social media <laughs> this is not just you know pretending you're living your best life when the truth is that you're not as rich as you pretend like you are and you have a bunch of credit card debt. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Uh, Happiness is the real clencher for the queen of Sheba. So let me ask myself first, and secondarily, let me ask all of you. Are you happy serving the Lord? Because if you're not, you have no influence in your world. Are you happy serving the Lord? Are you happy being a worshiper? Or do you really wish that you were, I don't know, a sports star? (laughs) I'm just being, having fun with this. Are you happy making time every week to spend the first day of your week in the house of the Lord? And you'll work for it, you'll plan on it, you'll try for it? Are you happy doing it? Or is it a habit you inherited from, say, someone else? Let me ask you the next question. Um, Could anyone else tell you are happy serving the Lord? Do your siblings have a sense of your happiness serving the Lord? Do your children have a sense of your happiness serving the Lord? Do your parents have a sense of your happiness serving the Lord? You say happiness is hard. Yeah, I understand. But joy is foundational happiness is hard but hard but joy dearly beloved joy is foundational i hold god's promise at a higher level than any trouble in my life i hold god's assurance of uh, the same spirit which raised up christ from the dead dwell in me that same spirit will quicken my mortal body i hold that at a higher value than the fact that I was a short on money this month. You see what I'm saying? If we aren't doing that, people will not overcome their... If we aren't really founded on joy and happy to be doing what we're doing for God, if we are not having this discipline of spiritual maturity to hold the promises of God at a higher valuation in our life, then we do all the trouble and disappointments that constitutes just the difficulty of life. If we aren't happy, we're not going to, uh, we're gonna have a hard time convincing people because for some reason they're looking for meaning. It's how the human, being that we all are is made. We're looking for meaning. We were created to be worshipers. We were created to glorify God. We were created to take the talents that God has invested in us and give them back to God. And that's not all just spiritual. It's also work. It's also career. It's also business. There's a tremendous theology of work uh, all through the Word of God, Old Testament, and New Testament. It is who you are. It's your gifts. It's your ability. It's you having a Sense of joy in the goodness of God and holding tightly to the values. God has given you, has through the word of God, the joy he has given you through his promise. Uh, these things are f- foundational. They are absolutely necessary. Uh, so let me say it this way as I wrap up here. And hopefully, um, if you have any questions, you'll you'll have a moment here to kind of uh, uh, type them in. If you have a question, you just can click um, the text flag on the bottom right of your screen and type a question in. I don't see any at the moment. Um, but, uh, I want to say this, our ability to, uh, manifest, uh, joy, uh, is the final testimony that influences other people in our life. Just as the queen of Sheba (laughs) was convinced when she realized just how happy it, it closed the deal for her. Um, you think about that. Um, Let me say it this way. How you carry your faith is a direct representation of how you represent your God. Or let me say it this way. We are God's customer service representatives. And if we go to church, we do all the right stuff, but we do not hold, hear me, We do not hold the promises of God at a higher valuation than the trouble in our life. We'll never know joy. And our family, friends, parents, children, neighbors, They won't have any sense. Their cynicism will keep them from seeing that you're any different than anybody else. Does that make sense? And so, I want you all to. I want you all this week to make sure that you are finding meaning in the Lord, not just "I'm being good, go to heaven." No, that 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 that's fear fear doesn't convince anybody of anything not in this age of grace (laughs) so um, i want you to i want you to pray about lord let me let me seek real fulfillment of life through you let me seek real real meaning in you not just be a churchgoer church going's great you guys know i believe in that um but i am more than just trying to make heaven my home this is the way this is the best thing that could happen to us this is what real meaning is all right so uh um, if there, I don't see any questions in the room. There's a couple upraised. Anyone? Have hit, uh, uh, I see Leah and Amanda both upraised hands. Uh, if you guys want to ask your question, uh, or it may you may have accidentally hit the button. Um, okay, I see that. All right. One thing I did want to say, because I I before uh, earlier today, I prayed about what what if the question that I had uh, after studying this for the last two days, um, the question I had was this. And some of you may. Um, relate to this, I I was praying and I asked the Lord, um, Lord, if I haven't demonstrated joy to my world, how do I fix it? How do I repair it? I don't mean just fix it. You see, I've already been influencing people. You know what I mean? I've already been if 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 there's a relationship in my life that I've I've showed my frustration to them in a level where it would be very easy for them to just be cynical. Um, about me, and I would say the first thing that the the the, the and, I, and having prayed about this, I just I feel like the first thing that I would say in that regard, um, and the first thing that came to me in prayer, I should say, um, was um, life will give you another opportunity to demonstrate joy in God. You may not have you may not have held. Uh, the promises of God at a higher valuation than you did the trouble. And you may have shown that person you wanted to demonstrate. You may have shown them the world's path to finding happiness. You may have shown them a carnal solution. But I promise you this, life will give you another opportunity. Um, That's not the last opportunity if you're doing life with them. Uh, And if you will begin to make that change, where you, in spite of what you're going through, you have this mysterious foundation of faith, hope and joy in your life. Um, if you do that, I promise you, you will, you will get another opportunity to show them, and you can even pray. I know I have uh, recently. I can even pray uh, to show people my joy in the Lord. Um, I uh, I saw one other question here. Uh, uh, Pastor Don mentioned uh, joy comes from the Spirit of the Lord inside us, where purpose and fulfillment is achieved. Do I have anything more to say? say? on that. Um, yes, the Spirit, um, I'm actually doing a Bible study um, uh, on what the Spirit of God in two Wednesday nights, not next Wednesday night, but the next one, on how the Spirit of God, the real practical work of the Spirit of God in our life. And I will say this, um, the Spirit the spirit leads us, the Spirit, uh, yes, even the Spirit even uh, chastises us, but what the Spirit will not do the spirit will not force. And so we can quench the spirit. Yeah. And that is that becomes a very uh, a real problem for all of us, for me to, to anybody else in this room where I am too impressed with my troubles and not near impressed enough with my God. Amen. Um, and so if I allow myself to get too impressed with my troubles, um, I will lay down the garment of praise, and I will take back up the spirit of heaviness. Does that make sense? Because I've allowed myself to get so focused on my troubles. Um, if, if, if you realize that you are, I think this isn't the kind of thing that any, any of us would represent uh, uh, ourselves being, but when we recognize some way that um, we are, uh, we're fearful, I mean, very few of us will just announce, you know, hey, I'm a fearful person, or I'm a worrier. But I think a lot of us do pretty good at that. Um, You will not automatically, I will not, let me speak personally, I will not automatically discover the joy of the Lord. It's not the way of the flesh to live in faith. The thing that'll give me joy is when someone writes me a big fat check. You see what I'm saying? And all of you know exactly what I'm talking about. A check requires no faith but even the heathen are impressed by a check. We're supposed to be people of faith. We're supposed to be fighting every day to saying, God, I would rather have your favor than a big fat check. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? And so I have to choose. I think part, just as Abraham following after the voice of the Lord had to decide to believe God again today, that although he had no children, <laughs> he would one day be the father of, of, of many nations. Um, I think we have to choose it every single day. We have to lower the valuation of our fear and trouble. I'll tell you how I do that. Now, your personality will be different. Your personality will be different. You'll have to find your way. So don't take this as a specific lesson, take it as a principle. I, when I am really fearful, I go through my fear. Sometimes I make a list and I downrate it. And I literally will say, well, that's not the end of the world. That's not the end of the world. I know that sounds silly. This is my personality. Um, your personality may be different, but I will downrate that fear. <laughs> okay so so what if you know if so what if my wife hits me with a pan I've been hit with a pan before you know you see how I'm I'm having fun with this obviously but um I'm downrating my fear and that's half the battle the other half of the battle is to raise my valuation of God's promise and the way I do that is I remind myself that even if the worst comes to pass though he slay me it was still an honor for me to be included, so that is how I I would I do it. That's how I approach it, um, and so uh, I, I hope this helps you. Um, I hope all of you can apply this in your life. I want to ask all of you to take this to prayer. Um, if you have children in your home, um, I want you to join me in praying this prayer. Do my children perceive that I enjoy? serving God do they perceive that I enjoy going to church do they perceive that I enjoy being a Christian or do they perceive that you're going to do it because you live in my house uh, the philosopher said this, and um, I, I deeply believe it. I don't remember the philosopher, but that's the problem of being a reader. You have all these thoughts flying around in your head. And it, here's the thing. Nothing put in the soul by force stays there. Nothing put in the soul by force stays there. Everything that's formative must be chosen. And so... I have to let my children not just get from me the law this and the rules that and bless God, the church doors are open. So we're going and I want they can't just get duty from me. They cannot. They have to also get a sense of it's an honor. It's an honor. I enjoy being a believer. I enjoy being a Christian. Um, Beverly, I see you posted here. Um, let me, let me get to that. I think if you are struggling to find joy, start with simple gratitude, write it down. When Paul said, I think myself happy, he made a mental commitment to choose joy. Praise God, can I get a witness? Preach my sister. That is very, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly right. It is a mental decision, it's a choice we make. We are going to, right. So so let me just say one more thing. <laughs> One more thing. Um, uh, the first reaction of the flesh is to feel like, the first, <laughs> Cameron, you cracked me up. Um, the first reaction is to think that this is a type of delusion. That's not what it is. And I'll tell you why. If I just try to trick myself, that's delusion. But if I intentionally raise my valuation of God's promise, and devalue the troubles and disappointments in my life. And one of the ways I do that is, you know, if I remind myself of what God has done, just like Beverly said, you write it down. You write it down. Looking back at the goodness of God requires no faith. Preached about that on Sunday. It's there wide for all to see. You have to you just choose to celebrate it. You choose to exalt the Lord. But all of us, particularly as parents, let's make sure that we are showing joy in our salvation those of you who are uh you have close friends who aren't going to church um, what they think you're giving every time you see everything they do they secretly think that in your mind you're saying "Uh, that'll send you to hell and that'll send you to hell and that'll send you to hell that's what your unsaved friends think you are doing and then they fall into these kind of elaborate you know, apologies, you know, or self-justifications. And then they see, and then they try to provoke you to see if that's really how you feel. Um, So don't get caught up in that. That does not save people. Um. actually, I think um, um Anthony uh, wrote a post on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, go read his post talking about, he read a book on apologetics and how uh, it has his personal experience that apologetic D- debating never really it, it changed anybody's mind. It's a good point. Same point here. Um, your friends need to see the goodness of God in you. They need to see the happiness of God's servants, not a fake happiness. But a abiding joy that sustains us. And uh, all right, that's enough. Um, I want to I want to pray over you uh, here. I want to um, I want to lead us all in in prayer. And I'm going to tell you I want to tell you how I'm going to do it. First of all, I'm going to start with repentance. Okay, I'm going to lead all of us in repentance um, because I haven't always shown the joy of the Lord in my life. Um, I have carried the pain of, minis- of ministry and life sometimes at a higher celebratory tone than I have the opportunity to be included in the work of God. And I have to apologize for that. I have to repent for that. So I'm gonna do that first and then we're gonna ask God for his strength and help. Uh, join with me all all around all around uh, the room. Let's, let's pray, Lord Jesus. I want to, first of all, apologize to you for every time I've been more impressed with my troubles than I have been my blessings. listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you are in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text give to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.